All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Car Thoughts with David, and today I am again joined by Stephanie Hall, and we're going to talk more about uh, career paths, finding, you know, the career that is meant for you, uh, UMAP, uh, we're going to talk about quite a few different subjects, and uh, and just kind of go from there and help you guys discover how to discover what you want to be when you grow up. I know I'm curious what I want to be when I grow mm-hmm. up, so... <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Stephanie, if you'd like to introduce yourself again, and uh, we'll get started. Yeah, thank you again so much for having me, David. I really appreciate the opportunity. So, uh, my name is Stephanie Hall. I work with Spurtis Career Consulting, and I help people love Mondays by a way of figuring out, essentially, what they want to do for a career when they grow up. Very cool, very cool. And, um you know, I, I know, like, that's a huge thing. I mean, there are literally probably millions of memes of people <laughs> that have made uh, talking about how much they dislike Mondays. And, oh, my uh, gosh. And in movies, uh, like Office Space, which is one of my favorite movies because I feel like I live that job uh, some days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I see um, it constantly in my feed. It's like I actually have some of them saved out because they're really funny, um, but – you know, sometimes when I look at them and I'm laughing and I'm thinking, wait a minute, this shouldn't be super relatable because it's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> you can do, like, anti-memes. You can, you can right. like, post up a picture of that meme and then do, like, another one that has the the message that you wanted to share. <laughs> that right? might be an interesting idea. Yeah. Actually, I saw recently a, um, a hashtag, TGIM, because we all know TGIF, but for TGIM, Thank, thank God it's Monday, and I thought to myself, I actually really like that. That's a, a much better perspective to have because, like, okay, let's take on the week. Let's see what we've got going on. Let's get to work. Yeah, yeah, and, I mean, you know, um, Monday just happens to be the first day of the working week for a lot of people, but, you know, really that day could have really been any day at the end of mm-hmm. the day, you know, because it was just an arbitrary day that was picked, so – People really don't like the Monday so much as they don't like the idea of having to start work. <laughs> it just happens to be right. the blame for it. Right. Yeah, no. So true. Uh... But, yeah, so um, so I know you said that you had uh, pulled up my UMAP, <laughs> and we're going to yes, go over you. some of my strengths and values and such and give people kind of an example of, what it is uh, that that you guys do, so um, you know, have at it. <laughs> <laughs> I get so, to be the guinea yeah. pig here, yeah, or the the the, the example. <laughs> sure. So we can kick things off uh, with your values. Um, so uh, looking at your values, I can see your number one value is creativity, which doesn't come as much of a surprise to me being as how you've written two books now. Um, And also I can see growth. And it's interesting because when I had a conversation with you last time, you were mentioning how you felt like in your current role and in previous roles that you feel like you're just doing the same thing over and over again and that you're not, you're not growing essentially in your role. You just, it's very repetitive and mundane which, interestingly enough, it ties in also to your strengths, which you can see that you have learner, which is a thinking theme. So if you're just doing work and you're not really taking on any new information or being challenged, 
that's going to definitely cause uh, some dissatisfaction in your day-to-day -day life and work. So tell me what it's been like for you when you are writing your book, what that does for you. Uh, well, in writing, um, you know, I've had to learn so much, like how to, you know, structure like a cohesive chapter and how to break things off and end start and end at different points and and, um, and 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 grow in that because I had never written anything more than you know Facebook or LinkedIn posts right. uh, before I started writing, so I kind of mm -hmm. had to get used to that idea. Well, I mean, of course, I wrote like some you know, obviously papers in school, you know, like everyone does. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I had to kind of branch out of writing more than 1,300 or 140 characters or whatever the limit was on that particular platform mm -hmm. and actually go beyond those boundaries and then constantly keep creating new, um, new ideas and new things to come up with to keep the, the story, the narrative going. And, um, you know, so that was definitely a huge um, learning experience because I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I was basically, when I started <laughs> writing my, my science fiction novel, uh, I literally spent probably a good three or four hours on Google just, like, learning, like, like typing in stuff, like, how long is a non – or how long is a science fiction book supposed to be? You know, how many words, how many chapters, um, how do you get published? You know, I just spent – like hours just on Google um, and watching YouTube videos, <laughs> um, right? And so it was it was a lot to take in. And then I, of course, even after that, I felt like I still didn't know that much. And I spent the whole process of writing my book constantly, like picking people's brains and asking questions and trying to figure out how it all worked. Oh, absolutely! It's a ton of new information to learn, especially in something completely foreign to you. But that must have been a lot of fun. Uh, it was. Um, I've always enjoyed learning um, and, and figuring new things out because, you know, it just it's always something. And a lot of people don't know. Like I, I love sitting in a, with a group of people and just throwing out some random trivia fact or some random uh, historical fact, and people are like, "Why do you know that?" <laughs> you know, it just came that response from people. So I always get excited when somebody says something. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that reminds me of this time in like 700 BC when this person did something that was kind of interesting." And they're like, "What? 700 what?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And it's and it's so, funny yeah. you mentioned that. So um, I want to shift gears a little bit to one of your other values. Um, which is community, and I wanted to know how you define community. How I define community, okay. Well, I mean, for me, uh, community is basically just being around other people. It's not defined by um, a location or mm -hmm. a race or anything like that. It's people that um, come together for a common common goal or a common interest. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just love meeting new people, though I am in a lot of ways an introvert. Um, <laughs> I always love the opportunity to hear stories uh, from others and to, um, and to uh, learn and, and uh, take pieces of what I learned from them and apply that to my own life. So tell me, David, 
You sound like the kind of person who might have a podcast or a networking event that you like to host. Does that sound right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I do have a podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're on it right now, so so yeah, def- definitely. And then, of course, I'm also a co-host for uh, LinkedIn Local, um, which I took over from Lori and and Kristen uh, last year, and. Uh, you know, so I just really enjoy being a part of that community and getting to meet people and uh, and to, uh, you know, build the, the Charlotte community as much as I can. I love it. So tell me then, in your current role or in your previous roles, do you feel like you had that sense of community in your workplace? Um. Somewhat. I mean, you know, obviously you build bonds with the people that you work with most closely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, a lot of companies are very disjointed in the way that they uh, – or places I've worked in the past are very disjointed. So, you know, you might not have ever met your, you know, your next-level supervisor or, or stuff like that, or you might not have a good working relationship with them. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to break that – break into that – um, you know, uh, level of familiarity with someone when, when you don't work uh, closely enough with them, like in the same state or same region. And, um, you know, so I definitely would enjoy, uh, you know, being in a role where I have more of a connection with the people that I work with than uh, than some of the previous jobs I've had for sure. Mm-hmm. And so you can you can kind of see that how it plays out in your life outside of work that you're not that value might not be fulfilled in your workplace. So you're coming up with other options outside of the workplace, such as your podcast, where you can create this incredible community of people of all different professions and geographical locations, and um, and then also through LinkedIn Local, where you get to have the the face to face interactions with people and build this, you know, incredible community. So you can see how, um, you know, of course, while you want to make sure that you are mindful of these values, you can see where that would cause dissatisfaction in the workplace if it's not being met. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, you know, obviously uh, without having those outlets, uh, you know, beyond work, you know, definitely uh, would make the – the job less uh, satisfactory, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't have anywhere to express that that love of community and, and uh, you know, hearing stories and, and um, you know, meeting new people and, and building relationships. Mm-hmm. And so then um, another one of your values that um, I'm curious to hear about is meaningful work. So tell me what how you define meaningful work. Uh, for me, meaningful work, you know, is is pretty simple and straightforward. It's it's going out and doing a job and knowing that at the end of the day, what I did actually mattered. You know, it made a difference. It wasn't just like putting a bandaid on a problem and then walking away and hoping the bandaid doesn't fall off. <laughs> you know, it was. <laughs> It was actually, you know, uh, rebuilding the dam, you know, to hold the water back and not letting, you know, not letting the cracks uh, continue to grow until it becomes a problem that's, uh, you know, unrepairable. And mm-hmm. um, and then, of course, 
making a, a difference and a change in people's lives where when they step away from, you know, our interaction, you know, they feel good and, and they feel like their their life has been bettered, their day has been bettered, the, the sun's just a little bit brighter, you know, <laughs> for them. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so that's kind of the uh, – you know, the, especially I know you and I can both relate because it's been so rare that we get to see the sun with all the rain we've had lately <laughs> uh, this year. Um, but yeah, yes. so just knowing that that uh, you know that is uh, you know the way they feel when they come away from from uh, you know me working with them on something. And that's that's great, and it's interesting, um, it's, and it's important for me to note. I would say that how you would define meaningful work can be completely different than how somebody else defines it. So um, that's why I ask, because it's interesting. It's always interesting to hear um, how you define these values. Um, so then let me ask you this question. Of your top values, would you say in your current role that they're, for the most part, being honored or violated? Um. Uh, for those, I would say, you know, more of on the uh, violated side, um, mm-hmm. you know, just because I, I basically, I do a, you know, a base job being in IT, you know, there's really not a lot of opportunities to really go out there and break out of the mold and do something creative because I have to stay within the confines mm-hmm. of, you know, my job. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I would definitely say on that side. Yeah. And so then it makes, you know, that in and of itself can explain why you're seeking out, the, you know, the opportunities that you're seeking out with writing and networking to to honor those values that you have. Um, so I would love to go over quickly your some of your motivating skills. So okay. do, you have your, do you by chance have your UMAP in front of you? Um, I do not, but I did okay. read it pretty thoroughly, so I, I, I remember a good bit of it. <laughs> so, well, what jumps out at me is that I can see a lot of bolding under the um, conceptual and creative for your motivating skills, which, you know, of course, like you were just mentioning, in your current role, you're you're not doing a whole lot of conceptualizing, designing, generating ideas, innovating, inventing, strategize. Does that sound like a whole lot of what you're doing in your day-to-day work? Um, as far as my podcast and my writing, yes. <laughs> as far as my work, not so much. <laughs> right. And so it's important to understand that, you know, we have these we have skills that we can be good at and not necessarily enjoy doing them. These are called your low priority skills. So these are the things, again, that you do. You can perform them well, but you don't enjoy doing them. And then you have your burnout skills, which are, these are skills that you, not only do you not enjoy doing them, but you're not very good at them. So you guys, it's just not, not a great combo. Where I can see here, your motivated skills are the things that you're good at and you also enjoy doing. So these are the things you want to spend more of your time doing. And we like to, to try and stick by the, you know, roughly the 80-20 rule. So it's doing your motivated um, and developmental skills, which may be skills that you would like to start exploring. You haven't done it yet, but they sound appealing to you. 
um, try and stay in those categories 80% of the time because, I mean, truthfully, unless you're creating your own role entirely, you're not going to be able to do 100% of the time motivating skills. There's going to be some things that you need to do that you don't necessarily enjoy. Um, but it's safe to kind of say, okay, let's, let's try and stick around the 80-20 rule. And if there are things that are just really draining you, if it's possible, see if you can delegate them out. Um, and so what I would like to go over in your burnout and low priority skills, I can see um, quite a bit of them under managing processes and projects. So adapting to change, customer service, making arrangements, monitor, multitask. Would you say that you do a lot of that in your current role? Um, I do. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of administrative and paperwork stuff that I do. Actually, in a lot of ways, I do more paperwork and um, coordination and uh, you know uh, juggling than actually even the IT work. Uh, and that's true in most IT jobs because there's a lot of you know, uh, tracking that has to go on where you have to make sure that there's, you know, processes in place and everything's followed mm -hmm. per, you know, the policies and, and corporate guidelines. Um, you know, in every IT job I've ever had, that's been the case. Um, and it's really not fun. I'm, I'm more like actually being the technician and actually doing the work than actually mm -hmm. filling out all the paperwork before and after the fact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And so, so yeah, so I, ideally the goal in understanding these skills and where they fall is to try and align your role with more opportunities to do the motivating skills and just really being aware of how you're spending your day um, and making sure that the role that you're targeting gives you the opportunity to do more of the motivating skills than the low-priority burnout skills. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, because obviously uh, finding a role like that uh, would feel a lot less like work, you know, because <laughs> obviously I'm motivated and excited to do it versus, um, you know, doing more of the, the stuff I don't like to do. So, you know, shifting that needle, you know, definitely uh, would increase that. Uh, I love Mondays. <laughs> thing that we're exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's definitely the goal. Um, so... Next, we can go over your career interest type, which was the artistic and investigative, which is also known as the idealist. Does that sound accurate of you? Uh, yes. Yeah, I've always <laughs> uh, loved doing creative and artistic type stuff and, uh, and of course, learning and uh, investigating and, and uncovering uh, problems or solutions. And, uh, you know, so definitely that's always been a – Ever since I was a little kid, I used to drive my parents nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so interesting how at such a young age are we developed, like, these super strong personalities and interests. Um, that's very evident in my own children, where I'm like, you're so small, but you're so headstrong already. It's interesting. <laughs> but um, so some of the descriptors for your career interest type are intense, intensely verbal, Private, opinionated, well-read, highly idealistic, perpetually thinking, and extremely perceptive. Do those sound accurate of you? 
yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the the thinking one definitely I used to, which is how I kind of got into uh, uh, the idea of writing was mm-hmm. uh, I actually, uh, my mind would constantly be going so much I couldn't actually sleep. So I would sleep for maybe, which I know you know I don't sleep a lot now, but I, I used to sleep even less when I was younger. I'd sleep maybe two or three hours. Um, and uh, I actually had to start telling myself stories um, so that I could, like, kind of fall, fall asleep. <laughs> um, so, so I would just come up with these ideas because I couldn't, I couldn't read because I read so much while I was awake. You know, I, just mm-hmm. the idea of reading anymore um, uh, uh, was just too much. So I decided to start telling myself my own stories, and uh, that would help kind of lull me to sleep so that I could, uh, you know, get more than two or three hours a night uh, in. That is super interesting. I I've never thought about. I, mean, I guess that makes sense because sometimes we do that with kids, right? We do story time, and they'll pass right out. Yeah, that's kind of where I got the idea because you know you always say like counting sheep and all of that. Mm-hmm. I, that just never never really worked for me. So I would just like come up with them and just create these own stories based off the books I had been reading, and um, you know, and, and it, it would it would work like a charm. I could get four or five hours in, and I'd wake up refreshed and recharged and ready to go. And, um, you know, so my parents didn't have to worry about me because they were like, oh, you, you don't sleep enough and you're up all night playing on that, that computer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, so that's, that's really interesting, though. Um, so here you can see in the description that the idealist is most fascinated by work in his head, exploring ideas and creating which, you know, it rings true throughout your UMass, through your strengths, through your motivating skills and your values. Um, And it mentions that an idealist needs autonomy to think and create. Does that sound pretty accurate of you? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I definitely feel like, um, you know, being given a guidepost and and, uh, and an end post and then, you know, being able to, you know, person to step back and just let me figure out how to get there a lot of times, you know, just really Mm -hmm. works well because I can work through the problem a whole lot better than if somebody's, like, sitting over my shoulder because I feel like I'm, you know, nervous and, you know, I have to make sure I'm doing it exactly right, whereas otherwise I can kind of find my path and figure it out, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and and sometimes maybe even find a better way to do something than I would have come up with otherwise. Mm Mm-hmm. And so something else that's worth noting is that the idealist does not should a bad fit would be anything that involves repetitive tasks. So highly technical work or anything that involves working directly with customers, does that sound really super appealing to you? Um, yeah, the highly highly technical work. Um I always you know, whenever I worked with customers, I, I spent many years in retail before um, before going into the IT field, and, uh, you know, I did enjoy that work. Um, I have also worked in several uh, manufacturing jobs in my uh, past, and, yeah, I can definitely tell you working on an assembly line was not for me. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> I got get pretty bored within the first couple of months. Uh, sure. of working there yeah, because I'm like, okay, well, this is the same thing I did yesterday and the day before and 
Oh, wait, yeah, that that day was Sunday. Okay, I didn't do that on Sunday. Maybe it was Friday. <laughs> so everything was <laughs> together. Oh, yeah. Repetitive tasks, not a great thing for you. So it's important to just be aware of this when you're seeking out your next role. See what, what opportunities there are for you for growth, for learning, um, where you can really explore. And it, you know, it seems like you're on the right track with your writing, um, that that's a great outlet for you to really explore these strengths that you have, the values and the motivating skills. Um, and I said this to you before, it's been really exciting to watch your journey as you are, have been building this, you know, awareness. And I'm sure UMass has served as a great tool to really reinforce all these things that you're learning about yourself. Yes, yeah, because it, it felt like um, it felt like a confirmation, you know, like mm-hmm. like uh, like it's I felt these things and I knew these things were there, but to actually put words to it and to see that. You know, this wasn't, you know, like me saying this. This was, you know, based on the, the tests and everything and going through the, the material and filling all this out. And then, you know, Kristen put all this together and wrote this down. And she was like, do you need me to change anything? Do you want me to rewrite any of these statements? I was like, no, that's that's me. That's definitely <laughs> me. I just, it's, it's weird actually having you know, a piece of paper that gets handed to me, like, yeah, this is this is who you are. This is what you value. This is why you need those outlets like writing and podcasting because you mm-hmm. need something that fulfills and checks those boxes for you um, if it's not work. And so, yeah, I mean, it was really an eye-opening experience for sure, um, you know, because I, I felt like, okay, I'm not crazy. <laughs> you know, this, this is something that, that other people – other people uh, see as well. Well, you always get like that self doubt. You're like, should I be doing this? You know. Of course. Okay? So yeah. So it, it was definitely very valuable, and and I was um, so happy to get that back and to learn those things and to be able to, you know, because I also felt like I could speak to them better. You know, I I, I could mm-hmm. finally identify what they were, and I was like, okay, well that's why. Okay, this is what's missing. This is what I need to work on. This is what I need to start doing. So it mm-hmm. kind of gave me that that. Uh, map <laughs> on, on where to look, you know. Absolutely, it serves as a great a great compass to say, okay, so this is the kind of things that I need in my day to day work. This is what these are the strengths that I can leverage. This is the value that I have to bring in the workplace. Well, let's do this. So um, I'm curious of your uh, on your UMAP, what did you find to be the most surprising? Did you did you maybe one of your strengths that you were like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that that was a strength. So of your strengths you've got learner, which is a thinking theme, and you know, your desire to continuously improve. Um, was it maybe strategic? Is was that was that a word that you used to describe yourself before you had your UMAP? Um, strategic was, yeah. Because uh, I was always one of those people who liked to go, and um, before I took action, look at mm-hmm. you know several different uh, uh, points of of attack for whatever the situation was. Um, so that was definitely one uh, for sure. Though I gotta say, honestly, all of my strengths that came back from that I didn't expect to see because I didn't necessarily see them as strengths because they're just things I did naturally. Which of course mm-hmm. 
you know, a lot of people and, and, and you know, anyone who, who goes through this process, um, you know, they probably, I'm sure they probably feel the same way. They're like, wow, I didn't think of this as would be like one of my top strengths because it's just like my normal day-to-day -day routine. It's like my Clark Kent. I was expecting, you know, the Superman answer, <laughs> not, not the uh, Clark right. Kent, you know, so um, for lack of a better way to put that together. But, but uh, yeah, so, I mean. No, I love that, actually. Um you know, I, I was definitely surprised with all all of the strengths and information that came back because it was just like, wow, you know, I didn't realize that, you know, that's what that was. I just thought, you know, hey, you know, I, I just I'm I'm a thinker and I go through processes very methodically before I act because I want to make sure I find the easiest way possible or the most sensible way possible um, to the goal, and not necessarily do everything the hard way and. You know, keep banging my head against the wall until I get through it. You know, maybe there's a door. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's really the the beauty of Strength Finder is that it's so interesting because I said the same thing before I went through it. When I learned what my strengths were, I had no idea that those were even considered strengths, and I didn't think of it as, oh wow, this is something that's unique to me that not everybody can, you know, recognize potential in people the way that I do. So. It's it's super interesting when you have the language behind these uh, unique strengths. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that was, I mean, so the whole the whole process was just such an amazing uh, learning and discovery uh, for myself because I just didn't really know. Oh, sorry, I didn't really know what. Uh, <laughs> you know, what all of those things were or how to articulate uh, my strengths and my values and everything uh, properly because I didn't really realize that they were my strengths and values, uh, you know, like we were talking about where it's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that was a strength, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And then it really it's really helpful um, when you have your UMAP to pinpoint when, like, it's helpful for career passing, of course, but if you're already in a current role, then you can say, oh, wow. I'm only using one of my five, my top five strengths in my day-to-day -day work. That explains why I'm feeling so bored because I'm not doing, I'm not leveraging my natural talent. Or if there was a, a value misalignment where you're feeling like, gosh, there's something missing, but I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. And so for you, you, you started exploring those outlets to, to fill those gaps. And then the same thing for your motivating skills, where you're, you know, at the end of your day, are you are you saying to yourself, you know, I feel pretty good about the work that I did, or are you going, oh my gosh, I am just exhausted, I just want to crash because I've just spent my whole day doing burnout and low priority skills. Yeah, so. absolutely, and that's that's so important to a lot of people because a lot of people. You know, they, they get off work and they're like, oh, thank goodness work is over, or mm -hmm. or they live for the weekends where it's like, oh, you know, thank goodness it's Friday. I'm going to go hit the bar tonight, hang out with some friends and get totally trashed and, and uh, you know, and, and just forget about how terrible this last week has been. <laughs> right. I hear, I hear that all the time. Like, oh, my gosh, is it 5 o'clock yet? I was actually just getting my, my car fixed, and I was so sad when – Someone was saying that to me, and they're like, oh, I'm just waiting for 5 o'clock to roll around. I'm going, oh, my gosh, let's work together. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, so you can – what's 
So what's interesting, though, with the UMAP, and, and this has been talked about quite a bit, but you hear this a lot, I'm sure, where people say, follow your passion and do what you're passionate about. And that's, that's important because that is part of the, the puzzle, but there's so much more to it than just follow your passion because that's only one of four pillars to cover, really. So it's making sure that you're doing something that you enjoy doing, but that you're also wired for that kind of work. Yes. Yeah, because the other four pillars of whatever your passion is could very well be burnout skills <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or something exactly. else that you don't realize, uh, you know, until you start digging into it. So it's always important to make sure everything everything lines up and to know yourself well enough uh, to uh, to when you see it be like, yeah, I don't know if I can do that. And, you know, I've had several opportunities since I've started podcasting and uh, writing where people have come to me with opportunities. I'm like, wow, that sounds really cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. And then I go back mm-hmm. and look at it and start thinking. I'm like, give me a couple of days to think about it. And I go back and I'm like, this isn't really going to be something good for me. So I need to just turn that down. Like, I mean, I've been, I've uh, had an opportunity to even uh, have my own TV show. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I wow. don't know if I can do that. So, you know, let's let's put that on the back burner maybe someday. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely a lot to take in, and there's a, a ton to consider for that kind yes. of opportunity. Yeah, um, and having never done it, I had to do a lot of research and figure out what all needed to be done to accommodate that. And as I started looking at it, I was like, this is going to be a lot of work that just really doesn't line up with my my values and my strengths. You know, there you and it go. led itself to more burnout skills, so I turned that down. And so, you know, it was uh, – it's really interesting once you know that you can start saying no and actually realize why you're saying no. You know, you don't just you don't just have like this pit in your stomach. You're like, no, this this is not for me. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually extremely helpful to have a compass to what you should turn down as well. That's actually a great point to make because I've I was actually having a conversation with someone recently about that as well. How um, he was telling me that an opportunity presented himself and since he's got his, his goals lined up and set up and it didn't align to his goals, it was a lot easier for him to say no because otherwise he might have said, okay, well, let me just explore it. Yeah, I'll do that. And so you're investing your time and your, your energy and your efforts into something that might not bring you any closer or even further from whatever you're actually trying to achieve. And then it just leaves you feeling frustrated and confused and maybe even annoyed. Yeah. Yeah, and you're sitting there like, why did I do this? You know, so you're also mm-hmm. mentally beating yourself up. Like, why did I take this? This is too much. I, I should have said no, but I'm kind of committed now. And, you know, so it right. uh, lends itself to all kinds of problems down the road as well when you when you jump into those without actually thinking them through. And, you know, because, I mean, trust me, I'd love to be on TV. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but, but I want to make sure that it's, it's the right, uh, right time and it, it lines up with what I want to do. So I'm not sitting there like, oh, I should just stay where I was. This is not working. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Exactly right. So next step for you, now that you've, you've knocked out a couple of books, I'm curious. You have your, your, uh, Wheel spinning on another book? Uh, yes. Yeah, actually, I'm starting on my next uh, science fiction novel, um, which is going to be called uh, Beyond the Wall. Uh, it's kind of set in a, like, Judge Dredd where there's, like, giant cities and then there's people that live outside the cities that are kind of on the fringe. 
of uh, society, and um, I wrote it as a like little short story that I fit into a LinkedIn uh, post. You know, I didn't even mm-hmm. do an article. I just wrote like a 1,300 character, like little short story, whatever would fit, and mm-hmm. that was it. And then all of a sudden, I got bombarded with people reaching out to me, like, "Oh my gosh, when's the next part of this story coming out?" And I'm like, uh, <laughs> uh, "I was just bored." <laughs> that wasn't a story. That was just me, like, getting something out of my mind, like a song that was stuck in my head. Um, and so I ended up uh, flushing it out to become an article. And then I had people starting to reach out to me. They're like, when this book gets done, make sure you tag me and let me know because I want to buy it. And I'm like, um, okay, I guess I'm writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, so incredible. I have that. And, and then I'm writing uh, the sequel to uh, my current book, Hurtling Toward a Home, A Story of Hope. It's going to be called uh, Journey of Hope. And uh, so it will be the follow-up to that book. So those are my two for for this year that I'm going to try and get out by early next year, um, you know, at the latest for, for both of them. And, yeah, so I'm just going to keep writing, keep keep building up that skill and, you know, keep working towards uh, mastering the craft of writing, and hopefully maybe I can do that full time or at least um, enough that I can, uh, you know, take a job that maybe I'm more aligned with, you know, um, uh, you know, down the road. Mm-hmm. And that's a great goal to have, and you're definitely on the right track. I can tell you that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, and, and thank you for doing that analysis with me and going over all this. And I hope that, you know, everybody who's listening, if they're not, um, you know, at a place at a job where they absolutely love Mondays, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, they will definitely uh, reach out and, um, you know, kind of find – and go through that process because it's so valuable. I mean, like I said, I learned so much from it. And, and of course, you going over with me and then Kristen and Lori have also went over some stuff with me. And, I mean, it's just been such an amazing journey of self-discovery and confirmation that I was on the right path. And so um, as far as ways to find out more about you, Matt, about you, about what you do and what you guys do, uh, what's the best way to uh, to find that? Yeah, so, well, first of all, I just want to say how happy I am that you got to go through this process and that you are seeing the value and that it's giving you so much insight that you didn't have before. I'm so thrilled to hear that. Um, But I can be reached uh, via LinkedIn under Stephanie Hall, uh, via email, stephanie at vertuscareers.com. Our website is vertuscareers.com, or I can be followed or send a direct message um, on Instagram at career coach Stephanie. Yes. And you can also follow her hashtag, which is also career coach Stephanie on LinkedIn, where she posts really awesome, insightful videos, um, you know, on the, what is like a weekly basis or how, how many are you doing? How yeah. Often? So thank you for that. Uh, so yeah, I just started that video series and it's uh, every Thursday I post a video, um, explaining how your personality tendencies can affect your workplace preferences. Very cool. Yeah, so if you don't know how to follow a hashtag on on LinkedIn, you just go to the search bar where you would search for somebody, you type in hashtag career coach Stephanie, hit enter, and it'll pop up and it'll give you the results of her videos, but at the very top it'll say the name of the hashtag and there'll be a little follow button there. 
and you can follow it. And like she said, every Thursday she puts out an awesome video, and so far I've been really enjoying them. There's a lot of great insight and everything in well, each video. Oh, thank you. So definitely check, check that out. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah, so um, – so thank you so much for step, uh, for for coming on and, and for going through all of this. I, I I hope that it helps people because I know how many people are just like I don't even go to my job. <laughs> I hear that all the time from everybody, uh, just about except for you know a handful of people. So you know getting that word out and explaining how the process works and why it works is important. Yeah, no, I really appreciate um, taking the time to shrink down the the information. Um, and go over it with you. Thank you so much again, of course, for having me on your podcast. I truly appreciate the opportunity. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. We all know how hard it is to grow, right? Especially if we are in the first month or years of our journey, of our business startup, or we're coaching, or we're writing, and we want to spread the word about us. We all know that is pretty difficult to get the word out there, but that's exactly where I come in. I want to host an ad about your business into my podcast, Impact by Choice. So look me up on LinkedIn, Andrada Anite, or reach out to David and he will help you get to me. I would love to work with you further on and I would love to help you boost the visibility of your brand.